canceled my thing. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant. O'Connor? It is the Freedom Variant. I'm feeling very Freedom Variant-y tonight. Oh, good. Will. Oh, yeah. good. It's been a while. Be a show, been a while. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Now, two, I took two weeks off. I've been, you know, like, look, I, p- trying to persuade or convince or talk to people about voting for Larry Sharp is is a reasonably important effort and a, a reasonably important, I feel, a reasonably important piece of time that I, I can invest. So I've been taking the time on the weekends to go around and, and hang out with Larry a little bit, ask people to vote for him, have conversations with people in my area about about Larry Sharp. And, and guys, I think it's going to pay off. I think we're getting him some votes and, and I think it's worth it. I, I have some friends that are upset with me, but that's not yeah, much I can do about they'll get it. over it. Or they'll die with a grudge. <laughs> yeah. Now it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, Larry was in Rochester last weekend. That was great. It was good to to, to see him and, you know, see a few folks out to, to see him speak. And and he was just on uh, the radio in, in Rochester today, too, on the, the local NPR affiliate. He was uh, talking with a couple of working families party folks. And uh, Howie Hawkins was on the show, too. They're oh, talking – uh, third party stuff and Andrew Cuomo's scheme to destroy third parties in New York state. But Kevin, we have the working families party and the conservative party. I don't think you understand how they haven't destroyed. Like they have other, we have other options on the ballot, Kevin. Oh yeah. No, no, we have, we have two candidates on the ballot period. That's what it is. First time since uh, what the forties. Yes. We've had that. So uh, look, it's, it's, it's embarrassing when, when, I got to the Libertarian Party as, as, and I mentioned this often, but I'm, I don't mind repeating myself. Kind of as a conservative that what doesn't get upset about religion, that they understands bodily autonomy is important, that people have human rights, human dignity, and that, and on some level, that we treat immigrants and illegal immigrants or quote unquote illegal immigrants, the the debate's confusing and recycling um, issues to get people upset drives me crazy. I lost my love for the conservative party. They kept like basically they're they're just a rubber stamp for the republicans that's it yeah it's more than that because they do get upset over religion and things like that that i don't it doesn't answer my needs for what i want from my government like that that's the reality yeah and and you know there's you should you should listen to that show that that larry did today like again you're hearing like you're gonna hear the left to make their argument the working families party like oh this is how we exercise power this is how we like get policy you know uh change to happen is by running you know having this ballot line having this party even though what they always do every single time is support the top line democratic candidate that's what they do like every single election they hardly ever uh, run their own candidates for anything and and the thing is is that like if you want to exercise power in that way, it doesn't actually work unless you actually follow through on your threat. The threat is always, we could do this. We could run our own candidate, but they never do and the Democrats know it. So like, why give them any respect or policy positions? Again, not that I want the WFP stuff to get through most of the time, but. Well, that's, that's the thing with the conservatives. The conservatives have, have failed to take a real position that's distinct from the Republican party. And, Purportedly, conservatives have lots of distinct positions from the Republican Party. They never get to voice them. They never have an impact on policy. And then they beg, they beg me, the freedom variant, to, to vote for their guy, Lee Zeldin, who is a progressive. He's he's so distinctly similar to Kathy Hochul that I've got to tell every single conservative, most Republicans, and a lot of a, a good percentage of anti-authoritarian Democrats. It don't matter which one of those two you're voting for because they're pretty much the same. Tim, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I don't think they're the same. I think they're terrible and unique in uh, horrifying ways. Um, they're, <laughs> they, they have their own reasons why they're terrible, but they happen to agree on a bunch of stuff like, you know, 
growing government and controlling our lives. And you want more cops, you're getting more cops, everybody. Yeah, like, no, they, they, they both want to do that. Like that's that's your thing. That. They're they're both they they can't get enough of like sending more money to police departments, more cops, you know, more uh you know, control over our lives. Yeah, <laughs> what, what? they'll take care of the minutiae of your lives for you, right? They are gonna make they're gonna make more rules. Lee Zelda's promising executive orders day one, right? Executive yeah. order declared emergency executive order declared like he's going to uh i don't fire the da of new york oh, yeah, fired da of manhattan yeah okay. no it's like no you're not actually able to do that right like if you like if you want to get rid of you can criticize them if you if the da is actually breaking the law there are impeachment proceedings that you could follow to, to have that person removed like you can't unilaterally remove the da unless again and again, it's not even a unilateral thing like they have to have like broken the law right right uh, he's going to try to make the claim that that not enforcing some of the laws is in fact breaking the law. Then that there's yeah. a law that he's violated to do that. I don't no, think it's, it's a successful. No, there, there's always been like DA like discretion in this stuff. Like it, it's it's always been a thing, and like that's that's how it works for better or worse. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that's within a DA's power to to do that. Um, so uh, we we should say hi to some of the folks who, who've joined in. Uh, you know. Uh, Shelly, thanks, hey, thanks for being here as always. Um, you know, Roger says sharp Roger. has my vote. Did the aren't good for anyone except themselves? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we I agree. <laughs> hey Patty, thanks for, for joining us today. Appreciate you. And Patty's um, got some great stuff going on up in Plattsburgh. We're gonna touch on it in the show at some point. Like she's 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 fired up. We got it, we got a libertarian decided to run for office, and it's good stuff. So we'll talk about it later though. We'll yeah, yeah, keep we her hanging in there. We don't want to burst her bubble right now. Right in the background, you see that's Patty, Larry, and the Zachary Remian. So I got a story to tell. Right on, yeah. Love to hear Larry. But um yeah, you know, uh and Clinton here. Clint, so all right. Clint. Clint's one of the guys I'm working on here. We got to talk a little bit more about his his he's he's a dedicated third party guy. He sees the reality that that third parties are a better answer, but but he he wants the potential of a better future. I get it, man. I do, bro. Yeah. I get it. It's just I'm voting for Larry Sharp because that's the only vote that counts. But yeah, the other the other guys. I don't care if we lose if we lose by one vote, it can be my vote, and you can be mad at me. <laughs> that's fine yeah no I, i'm with you it's, uh, it's, I, and i'm not that like i know like some folks make this argument um and, and like oh like lee Zell's not gonna win anyway it doesn't matter like i don't even care even if he could win like i don't i don't want him to i know i don't, I don't think he's he would be good for new york state either like and i'm not gonna you know give my consent to that no matter how much i dislike kathy Hochul, like lee Zeldin would be bad in different ways <laughs> right right <laughs> um but you know, and, and Joe says, you know, if we could fire an elected official, we'll collectively fired Cuomo. Like, well, you know, he almost did get fired. He almost he, legit he did get impeached. Uh, but there, again, there's a process for that. And and there should be recall elections in, in New York State. It's Something it's, it's not really a have. thing here. Something uh, like New York doesn't you, have. We can't ever threaten our elected officials with a recall. It's both. It's it's a yeah. problem. No, yeah, we, we should we should be able to do that. There should be like a threshold that you can reach, like, and it should be significant, right? You you need to gather enough signatures to be able to, uh, you know, uh, remove someone from office or at least trigger a new election. Uh, one of the few things I think California is actually right about is is their ability to to do that, and then a few other states have that as well. Yeah, and it's actually it gets people's voices involved in politics and I, I, whether to recall an elected official is very make make for a very exciting time it's also a level of accountability like you, if you get recalled you you've got to change your attitude right you've or unfortunately like gavin newsom win it handily and then you don't have to change your attitude you can double down on your garbage yeah. crap and yeah then then you you feel like you have a mandate right yeah exactly it's um the the challenge yeah most yep but so, uh it, it, there's a lot going on there's sure. a lot going back new york state is not a very democratic state that the two-party system has obviously failed us the arguments that, that i see trying to persuade me to to vote for zeldin um they're, they're not persuasive i'm yeah. sorry guys they're not no i'm got yeah it's just 
he, he's going to abuse executive power in the same way that Kathy Hochul and, and Andrew Cuomo did. You know, like yeah. you, if if you're against like the principle of like using emergency powers in an inappropriate uh, and tyrannical way during the pandemic, like. Lee Zeldin's promising to do the same thing. He's like, hey, we're going to declare this a crime emergency. We're going to suspend all these, like, you know, due process things. Like, hey, whoa, that's uh, nobody. That might come back to haunt us, guys. That guy, Robert Force, I love him, but like, he bumped up against an issue with police that that was handled authoritarianly. And and he he likes Lee Zeldin because Lee Zeldin did him a personal favor when he was a younger guy. I kind of that's like the only persuasive argument I've heard is as far as voting for him, like he did him a good solid that a representative should do back when he was a state rep. So, okay, you know, like, you know, it's funny, like that's that's how a lot of like incumbents stay in power. Like, again, no, 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 you know, no, no dig to that guy. It's just the uh, like, uh, you know, and I I used to help with this. I used to I used to work for Congressman Richard Hanna, you know, back in the day. And I worked in his uh, like as a staff assistant in his office and you'd help with like someone be like, hey, I'm having trouble with the IRS. And you'd send some letters and you try to get them help or whatever. Right. Yeah. And and doing that, people like, well, now I feel like I need to vote for this guy because like he helped me deal with my IRS issue or like whatever. Right. Um, and, and I had a lot of folks like when I was running for Congress, like who would say that about Joe Morelli uh, and they'd be like, well, you know, I don't like his policies, but like he did help me with like this thing, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, like the, every House of Representatives office will do that. You know, like I'm sure like the staff that you work with is wonderful, but like everyone does that. I, I would do yeah. that, too. So with the Republic, like, everyone would do that. Yeah, I, I remember that was always an issue like. When I was running, how are you going to solve this unemployment crisis? Well, I'd be like, well, like the unemployment crisis is the government response to COVID. So I would handle it by fighting that, you know, and, and Robert's out in the audience. That's why I yeah. get like, look, Robert, your, your, your argument was the most persuasive. Robert Force, again, had his land taken in Osseo County. He stood when all politicians turned their back on me. He did some, yeah, you good. know, yeah, that's great. I, I get it. And his argument was persuasive. Look, I want to point out an interesting little dynamic that I noticed the other day. One of the Trafalgar polls, which like is a polling outfit that supposedly hit some pretty good marks last election. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but every like year, a, a polling outfit hits the marks really well the last election. So they're the one everybody goes to this election. So that's what's going on with this Trafalgar group. And they're saying, Lee Hochul is ahead by, or wait, Lee Hochul. Yeah. Lee Hochul is ahead by one point. Together Kathy yeah. Zeldin is down by one point. Well, anyways, they're both polling below 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zeldin has like a 1% lead. And I'm like, instead of being angry at me for convincing people to vote for Larry Sharp, you should be thanking me because that 4% undecided, that's Larry Sharp. That's Larry Sharp. And if Zeldin wins, you guys should thank us, not be angry with there us. Yeah. That's exactly. It. Simple, simple math. Nice. So that's it. <laughs> All right. Um. So, so should we transition to the the topic uh, uh of of the show? The my my, my title. I, Do I we think need we a should, pandemic I'm amnesty? I'm ready for this. All right. Cool. We, so, we should declare. Let me read. You read. You read it. I'll read it my way. You read it your way. Let's see if I can grab the headline. Let right, yeah. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. That's what yep. I heard when I read. That, that's that's what it says. So that's an Atlantic article, and I'll share the link to it too. You know, if you get past a paywall, um, yeah. you know they they do have a paywall here. Uh, so the interesting thing about this is like, you know, one uh, I, I'm very familiar, like not very, like I I. I a fan of the author actually like so emily oster like is I, I don't know if you've read any of her work but she was one of the ones like pretty early on being like hey guys the data says like we should be sending kids back to school and there's problems and you know with with keeping kids out and there's problems with the the you know the masking policies that we have she was the one who's pointing at the data and being like there there's we're approaching covid wrong and so what's interesting about her is like something that's like weirdly not acknowledged to me among like conservatives. Cause like when I, I read her things as I, I think like, well, she's probably going to bring some evidence to, to like actually talk about like why this policy makes sense or doesn't make sense. Right. And right. so that's why I, I like a lot of her work for that. It, and again, it's, so it's interesting to me to see conservatives and libertarians be like, look at this COVID, you know, uh, totalitarian monster, like say that like she deserves amnesty. 
And I'm like, oh, well, hold up, though, hold up. That's it's not her. It's uh, we we get associated with with in our brains a type of news coming from the Atlantic. So the response isn't to her. And it's actually obviously not to the article because I read the article and it was okay. All right. So I, I get what you're saying. This, this pushback it's to the, Atlantic. Oh, there's a bunch of people retweeting her and like directing a whole bunch of vile, like at her, you know, like know. specifically. And, it, and again, and a bunch of people are like responding to that, that concept, right. And that, that concept of like, should we have amnesty is kind of like move beyond that, which is eventually where we're going to take this conversation to like, like, regardless of this article that triggered this discussion you know like at what point do we say like yeah you, you misunderstood things at the time but you corrected yourself so that's fine and and at what point do we say no the damage that you caused with your policies is so severe that like we can't like forgive you for that in that not only like do we not morally forgive you but we there ought to be some accountability, perhaps even criminal, for the policies that that you carried out. I do, I do think some people feel that way. Um, I do lean in that direction. I do think that things were handled so incompetently that I don't know what to say about it. I think that there was evidence early on that schools should not have been closed. That that health officials and schools were circle, circular arguing, saying an abundance of caution is a metric that we need to keep our kids home. Even though our infection rates are nowhere near what, what should be a concern, we're going to keep the kids out of school for three weeks or four weeks. We're going to cancel sports. We're going to kiss. And look, public school doesn't have a lot going for it. The only reason my kid goes is because he likes sports, okay? Like, that's a reality. Yeah. So that's the thing that, that people are still angry about. And and a lot of these people are going to get reelected. There were other articles from The Atlantic that were – um like also not as nice and as like it, like the thing about the atlantic is they, they're kind of all over the place like they, they lean sure. slightly left but they have conservative writers like you know they have like I, i'm not sure exactly where the peg like emily oster specifically right right um but they but they have people all over the spectrum and including like a lot of authors who are yeah who are like we need to, to shut down everything and mask up forever and like yeah those people are ridiculous and and some a lot of that stuff is you know brought up in this article too it because she got roasted like when, when you see like the replies to like this this article specifically like half yeah. the folks were like conservatives who are like no we can never forgive these people for sure. locking us down and the, the other half would be like you cause teachers to die by advocating for opening schools you cause grandmas to die by we, like we that's are, the other half of that we are not over the the covid thing the covid there, there's still a bunch of folks who are like it, that it's and, a, and yeah, we were in an authoritarian spiral before the COVID thing, Kevin. We were there, and the the COVID thing exacerbated it. Like we, we may be slightly healthier now, like mentally, but we were heading for disaster, and we still are. We haven't we 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 stopped the speed of the spin, the spin, and we're still circling the drain with an authoritarian spiral. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, we were, I, I think I think that that path started well before COVID, but COVID. I agree. No, I agree. Uh, gave the excuse for for a lot of uh uh bad that, stuff to move forward absolutely um, horrible stuff horrible, and so like it just just jump back well you know getting retrospective on some of these policies like again I, I thought it made sense for like the first little bit like to keep people out of school because what we thought initially about like covid it like you know we're i'm talking like march april is like oh like it's killing like one in five people because the sample size for the one in five was based on that cruise where it was a whole bunch of old people who were getting sick and didn't have medical care. And they, we went with that, uh, economic, that London school of, um, that London school, that Neil, man, I'll look it up while we're Yeah. You know, I know what you're talking about too. Ferguson. Uh, like, Neil Ferguson is yeah. a quack. Okay. He's a quack. Right, yeah. And like everyone kind of ran with that because they're terrified. He does statistics like a two-year-old, okay? If 2% of the population is going to die, then 2% of the population is going to die. He, he was responsible for the mad cow slaughter, too, in England yeah. when, when they had that because of a percentage. They, they slaughtered beef. Beef was so expensive in England for about three years because of Neil Ferguson's incompetence. And they kept the guy in the same 
same job yeah, right so so again you're, you're like you have a bad sample size you're extrapolating like you know a case fatality rate from like bad sample sizes incomplete yeah. data coming out of china yeah. uh you know and and things like the nursing home situation which we'll, we'll get to in a second right right uh, and like you're thinking like oh man like look at all these people dying because they like went to these nursing homes and like that's we wait but a few months later we we kind of realized oh like this this isn't quite the case again still dangerous thing that, uh, right whatever uh, over a million people died there's still like hundreds of people dying every day from covid sure. like it's still a serious thing it's just again what's what's that level of like balanced risk that you take and yeah. again a few months in like i could get closing schools through like spring 2020 after that though yeah. i'm starting to be like hey like we kind of we knew a lot more by august september and we should have done better we could have done better the the data was there it was there. It was obvious. I get, I even got for a short period of time, abundance of caution as a metric, like you're saying that, yeah, like that, ring, like, okay? again, I, I'm that okay with the, I get it. The flatten the curve thing too, because again, COVID for some folks to, for the folks who get really sick and need support in a hospital, right? If the hospital systems were overwhelmed, that's a serious thing, right? Like, okay. So again, you kind of get that, but then a few months into this, we, we knew a lot more. And we, we knew that, like, how to control this. So did you need to destroy the economy? Did you need to keep kids out of the school? Uh, you know, and we know things, too. Like, we talked about, like, the mass, too. Like, okay, we didn't know a lot. And, I mean, there's – first, there's the lying thing, right? Like, there's the, like, oh, like, don't get masked. Don't do anything. And then, oh, now everyone needs to get masked. Now they're required. And you, you cloth masks are fine. Okay, well, some of that I can write off as, like, well, we just didn't know. And we're trying to do the best that we can. But a few months into that, we knew better and now we know too like there's still folks who are talking about mask mandates mask mandates did not work there are individual masks that can protect the individual wearer like an n95 can protect you right. if you wear it properly and you're, you're not in an enclosed space with a sick per sick person for a really long time but the mask mandate didn't work because what good does it do to walk into a restaurant with a mask on and then take it off what does it do if you have a bunch of kids in the school environment fiddling with the mask on their face all day long? And it, it's worthless. And and look, the reality of it is, is that children, even children with minor health issues, were not at huge risk to COVID. OK, like yeah. the statistics had proven that practically right away. OK, practically early on, we knew this. So we did a very poor job for our kids. And then when people tried to talk about it and point out statistical facts, their, their, their livelihood and their, their, their branch to humanity was, was trimmed back by authoritarian garbage. Like we, they weren't allowed to talk to it about it. Alex Berenson lost his Twitter account. This guy was just telling the truth. He's like, these are the statistics. Uh, nope. Sometimes. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, well it, like my, my thought is like that, that guy was like, pulling stuff out of his butt like half the time but also like he should have just been open to criticism for that instead of like having his account shut down like, that's generally okay. how i feel fair, about all uh, that fair stuff. like fair enough that's fine we don't have to the, the issue is, is is free speech was quashed we people were reactionary and and we encouraged and enhanced the reactionary mindset in people that are already reactionary it, it, when they're People are looking out their windows and calling the cops on kids in the park. Okay. Yeah. When kids aren't at risk, all they got to do is stay away from those kids. If they think that they're going to catch COVID or they're susceptible to COVID. Like it's, yeah. it was simpler than that. And we ruined it. Like, like I mean, like, yeah, it's not like some of the stuff, like it, it, it's tough for me. Like, even like I, I'm, I'm generally supportive of, of uh, the article's message about like certain types of energy, but like, I look at the folks who like, closed down playgrounds like my the playground outside yeah. my house the tennis court was closed like they locked it up that's why <laughs> for what like and it, it was for like three months they filled in skate parks with sand yeah. okay it, it like, was ridiculous it was it was oh it was always it, ridiculous um and <sighs> yeah <laughs> joe farina popped popped one in they were trying to limit how many people you could have in your house on Thanksgiving. Like our town, our city, our local city wrote an ordinance that they later almost immediately backed off on that. They were going to be able to arrest you if you have more than 10 people on your property. Like they would be able to come on your property, break it up. 
it was because it was a college town, but it was too broadly written. They wanted to avoid, they wanted to make sure we had extra leverage to crack down on college parties. The yeah. college kids weren't even here, man. Like knock yeah. it off. So anyways, they, they, they pulled back on it really quickly, yeah. but thank again, God, like to credit. To yeah. The, oh, credit it, it, and again, like to me, I'm like, okay, you can be cautious and you can say, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do a, a big gathering in a small, poorly ventilated place. That's a bad idea. But then don't enforce it with violence. Like that's right. That's all you got to do. Just just educate people. Here are the dangers. Here's what could happen. Like the and and I'm fine with that. Like that's what if we're going to have a public health apparatus at all, that's what it ought to do. Right. You cross the line when you say, and if you don't do that, we're gonna throw you in a cage. Or if you <laughs> if you do the same with other people who have this disease. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Honest, Which right just gets like, more people sick. Shit. Um, and it, and so you know there's so there's all that again and and this is like all the the the. The folks on, you know, the overly cautious side. Again, I we got caught up in it. My wife wanted me to like wash our groceries in the beginning, and and we figured out like a month in, like, oh, that that was stupid. Like that wasn't necessary. I, I was very re- resistant to a lot of it. Um, though there was there was, and, and so also I was like reading a lot of articles and trying to find those obscure articles, and then. I do have a, a background in some statistics. So when people were comparing Sweden to new to the United States and using graphs, I'm like, first of all, guys, you can't you can't even begin to do that. Okay. Like that's not how any of that works. Yeah. You could compare Sweden to New York State and then see that Sweden is managing their virus much better than New York State did because the population demographics are similar, the size is similar. Though mm-hmm. then there's a the densely populated urban area in New York City that that would have to get thrown out of the equation. And then what you found was New York without New York City and Sweden were just about the same. With upstate New York being more spread out, having a slightly less lower problems with with COVID than Sweden did. And Sweden's response was reasonable. They kept their schools open. They yeah. they had weeks where like they, it would spike, like COVID would get into a nursing home and they'd have a high death rate and people would be like, oh my God, Sweden's killing people. And it's like, it's an unfortunate reality. We killed thousands and thousands of people because we mismanaged COVID. Sweden's yeah. doing a better job than we did. Yeah, right? it's like in New York, you know, we we had the worst of both worlds, right? Like it's, uh, yeah. you know, we, we managed to both lock down and still have a lot of people die at the same time. Sweden, you know, ended up, Airing a little bit more on the side of like letting people do their thing and ending up getting similar results, you know, right. and, and you could see other things in, in other states, too. And then you have like Australia, which admittedly did not have that many COVID deaths. However, they you know went back to being a prison colony for a little bit. And that's not a worthwhile trade off. That's terrifying, man. Like what they did in Australia, New Zealand, what they did in New Z- Australia, New Zealand, bro, like. New Zealand went with the COVID avoidance strategy. Australia tried, but they couldn't. But New Zealand literally went with the COVID, like, we're going to avoid COVID. No one can enter our shores. No one can move around in our country. Then every time they start to open up, COVID would spike. Oh, my God, we didn't figure it out. It, it was just, I, I can't believe that that the tyrants survive elections after that. Like, they got to yeah. go. So it's ridiculous. Again, I, you know, I, I don't want to, like, leave the other side off the hook. You would mentioned, like, the stats about Sweden thing. Like, I would get frustrated. But like, all right, same, same with you. I'm like, that's that's not quite how statistics work. There's, like, good lessons to be learned here. But, like, you're, you're kind of manipulating the – but both sides end up manipulating the Sweden data sure. in different ways. Like, because you had, like, the spike stuff. Like, so people would be like, oh, see, Sweden, everyone's dying there. And then there would be other folks who would be like – Oh, so everything's perfect in Sweden. Like, no, it's not. It's like it, it's kind of in between. Um, there and, was and that's, that's fine. going on. Like, yeah, there, there was panic. Like, people right. people were dying. It's a serious thing. You got to deal with it. You know, sure. like I, 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 and I know you and I disagree on this. Like, I, I kind of get oh, frustrated no. on the on the conservative uh, side too, and libertarian side with like, uh, not not necessarily lockdowns and and not like mandates. I think we're mm-hmm. all on the same page about that stuff. But more like ivermectin uh vaccines um yeah and and actually in the beginning too like kind of in that that may june period where we're not necessarily but some folks are like COVID's not real it doesn't matter like no one's dying from it like well that's not true that's pe- people really did die from it there, there's some oh, people yeah, in the no, beginning was- like way in the beginning uh especially and even like through like all 2020 like it's all fake and i'm like no it, it's real and this is a real problem we have to deal with and like what that response is matters and so like Part of that, like, I, I don't think that Emily Oster used the best example in her article when she's like, oh, yeah, like the bleach thing, right? Like, 
okay, like it wasn't a good example. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but, see, he sort of said that, but like there, there's like maybe one couple who is kind of confusedly did that, but like it wasn't tied to Trump necessarily. There are probably better examples of that, and most of it is just that some of the people who brazenly went out and they're like, no, it's not real. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Everything's fine. So, so like, let me hand a, a criticism to that point right there. When when she builds the rest of her premise off of a fault, faulty premise, people react poorly to that. Okay. So I'm not saying she deserves the hostility that she got because her article in and of itself is mostly reasonable. But when she uses the bleach, injecting bleach, the only people that really said people were saying to inject bleach was the mainstream media. Like, even Donald Trump didn't yeah. say that. I mean, he, there he, were lots of memes about it, which he said I shit mostly. that he shouldn't have said. Like he, it was yeah. like, okay, you're not a health expert. Take it easy on what you're saying about disinfectants right now. That yeah. makes sense. Criticizing for that, yeah. And 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 I think like that's that's part of like the amnesty. There's like the 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 president shouldn't have like spouted his mouth off as as he often does, right? Correct. Like yeah. uh, on things that are important, He's knowing that enough. like his what he says carries weight, right? right. Um, so. Yeah, like it, that. That's where the criticism and and there's a, there's a you know again, a few other things on the right there where the I think she could have used a better example. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But kind of like getting getting to the main like point, the main argument is like, do we need a pandemic amnesty? And like, to me, like I fall on the side of like, yes, generally. <laughs> yeah. Although there are definitely some exceptions to that. Um, well, just imagine if something that is actually really more dangerous now with, with with the skepticism that has been introduced into society through the authoritarian spiral, the, the anti-authoritarians that some of them are not necessarily anti-authoritarian. They're pro my side authoritarians. Right. Like, so I get it. Um, but it just think now with the damage that has been done to the human psyche about being able to to trust big government to handle things like a pandemic. We even have, a, there's a story about Kathy Hochul trying to handle the examination of how New York state handled the pandemic. Yeah. And she's failing miserably. Like she's doing a horrible job, like really bad. $4.3 million supposed to be started to be spent in September 20th. They still haven't written one check. They have gathered no information. They've done nothing. And, we all know that they failed. We all know putting people in a nursing home was a bad idea, that we should have kept people in hospitals. We should have availed ourselves of the Javits Center. We should have availed yeah. ourselves of the, the hospital ship yeah, because the whole, a densely yeah, the populated and... urban area had real problems with this disease for whatever reason. And there should be a research done as to why New York City had such a problem with this disease, but we've never, ever like told the truth about it. Other right. than and it, Yeah, you, and, and that's kind of my thing too. It's like, okay, like again, People really died. There, there are huge mistakes that governments made, uh, and we need to figure out how to do better. You know, like could could the CDC have responded better? Yeah, could the yeah. FDA have responded better? Yeah. Absolutely. Could DXA yeah. have responded better? Yeah, they could have started by not like killing a bunch of old people in nursing homes. Like that would have been great. Like you know, and and so like that's something to keep in mind for next time. If we see, not if when we see the next pandemic happen, because there will be another pandemic. Like we need to know how to respond more effectively to it. Yeah. And if we spend the whole time like just virtue signaling and blaming and not actually learning from this situation, more people will die than need to next time this happens. And there will 100% be a next time. Like there's zero doubt in my mind, there will be another pandemic. In so the, the issue for me, Kevin will always be like provide appropriate knowledge and don't panic. Right. Like mm -hmm. we panic and we made decisions. Like I, I want everyone to know, and probably everybody here does know the the nursing home thing was about money. Okay cost more money to keep people in hospitals than it does in nursing homes. The insurance payouts were more profitable for nursing homes than they were for hospitals. These things are reality. That's why an executive order, an emergency executive order was issued to return patients from hospitals yeah. with COVID to nursing homes. That's absolutely real. Absolutely real. And when we pretend yeah. anything else, we we are ignoring economics and we're ignoring reality. That's the yeah, bottom. Like I said, like and again, the logic that whole thing like never like really, you know, passed the smell test, right? Like, oh well, like what if the hospitals get full? So like we have to keep people in nursing homes in case the hospitals get full. Like what? What? No, like these people like need help 
now and by keeping them there you're going to get more people sick because they're not equipped to deal with that it's yeah. so ridiculous we, we had look we had a panic here but in in our county our hospitals never filled up we were available to help people out our, our hospital administrators went on the record saying we're available we're going to our community's panic does is not going to stop us. I was really impressed with that message. I thought it was exactly the right message. You can send us people that are sick with COVID. That's what they said. Yeah. And, and it never got to be an issue because they would send them back to nursing homes, right? Like that kind of thing was we, we could have done better. We were ready yeah. to do better, period. Yeah. And so, like, again, here's my, like, general consist, uh, thoughts on, like, uh that issue right on, on the amnesty issue right like and and yeah it, it's 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 in this situation like was there like a level of negligence a level of like incompetence that like caused people to die when they didn't need to in that situation yeah like absolutely so yeah there, there needs to be some level of accountability for that again taking things like taking things from children when it was obvious that we shouldn't be taking things from children, that's a real problem. Yeah. So, like, again, and with the children thing, like, I, I, I sort of have like a cutoff, right? Like, again, it's like, okay, in the beginning, we didn't know. I, I, I know you hate it, that idea. It's like benefit of the doubt. Like, I know we, no, we, I don't we were hate operating it. I hate off. It. Of some, I understand it. We, we were operating off of some like you know incomplete information. Uh, sure. Okay. I, I will give you that. By that fall we should have known better. So the, the type of folks who like at that point in time, were still like, no, no, lock everything down. I'm like, no, no, we knew like, Hey, if you, you, we have all this money now for ventilation systems that now we're voting on a bond to fund ventilation systems. Even though, yeah, we got a, a ton of money for that already, but like, it just never ended up like happening in most places. But uh, anywho, um, you know, like, so we knew about like, okay, if you do things like have, outdoor classrooms whenever you can and you know keep kids outside in the playground and uh, improve ventilation and most of the time even if kids do get sick they're less likely to get seriously ill in that situation and then allow like the kids who whose families uh, do feel really vulnerable to like have an alternative to that right you know perhaps through a charter school but through some distance learning through another setup cool instead what they do like in the city of rochester they had everyone do distance learning but then a lot of the kids didn't have the equipment or the internet connections to do distance learning. So instead of being in the classroom, you know, with a teacher who's trained to do this, they would send them to the rec centers where there'd be kids of all different ages trying to do distance learning in a big crowded environment. <laughs> Just, ah, why would they do that? That's so ridiculous. So they, they put like lesser trained, lower paid people at greater risk and kids at greater risk by shutting down the schools it was so dumb it was incredibly dumb i think even kathy hochel uh admitted that it was dumb and that you know i don't know so but they did not like oh the emergency powers it's still in place it well i think it's finally finally been let to die uh hang on we got a comment out here once wants to offer a correction um you don't have to apologize to me, Shelly. Uh, Shelly's saying that that wasn't real. Sorry, Tim, but they weren't returned to nursing homes. There were COVID-positive people. Um, and I know the first woman that who was sent to a nursing home where the death toll shut up. And then she follows up with she had never been in a nursing home in her entire life. Were they sending people, like, as an alternative to a hospital bed to nursing homes? Uh, that, that's a good question. I, I, I kind of thought it was more towards what Shelly was saying, but you know, I, I don't quite remember that. Cause I thought it was more like if they were positive, they would have them stay in place. But again, the nursing homes in the beginning, especially weren't like totally equipped to like deal with, you know, the, the contamination protocols necessary to keep it from spreading. I, like, I always thought it was people that had gone from a nursing home to the hospital and then were returned it, it, it might be, you know, but like Shelly's saying, no, like it might be, we'll have to, we'll have to look that up and, and we'll she, post a link I, to I, it. Which she's, yeah, I think we'll have to do some research on that. I believe Shelly. Shelly knows shit. She's right about a lot of stuff a lot of times. Like, so, wow. That, that actually makes the story worse, doesn't it? That doesn't really help the story. That actually makes it worse. Yeah. Wow. But, wow. uh, 
Yeah, well, let's get to a couple more of these comments. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump, yeah, uh, you know, like way back up to like John, who says, "Not incompetence, intentional, no doubt." Uh, what, what do you I'm, think of that? I'm sympathetic to it because I do, at some point, think that stupidity becomes malice, and that incompetence, when when you can be willfully incompetent and still keep your power, keep your paycheck, and write rules to benefit yourself and your friends, that that's willful. So. I, I do know that there was some level of panic. I do know at some point I, I was so disappointed hearing my health commissioner of Osseo County say abundance of caution that I, it felt willful. Some of it was so incompetent. Like there were, yeah, go ahead. I know. Yeah. Please, well, you I know, know, I was going to say that the Hanlon's razor thing, right? Like, you know, never attribute to malice, which is adequately explained by stupidity. And I know you're going to come back with like, there's a level of stupidity that is, is right. malice. That is malice. That is, in fact, malice. Yeah, it's like but, weaponized incompetence, right? Uh, so, yeah. like, I, I can see there are situations where that happens, like, where there's, like, there's no, there's, because there's no accountability, there's no pressure to do the right thing, there's no pressure to do better because they'll maintain their power, their status, their wealth, their freedom, even if uh, they totally bungle this thing, right? And, yeah. and even if people's lives are in the line. And, it, and that's, like, yeah, that that is unfortunately not not just the story of the pandemic, but the story of the the political class generally in the yeah. United States. Yeah, uh, you know, like how much accountability was there for like totally botching like Iraq and and Afghanistan? None, none, none. right? Zero, none. zero accountability, like at all. Um, so, like just just complete like again, and that that Iraq especially like just folds over the the incompetence and malice like into one, right? Like it, it is is definitely both uh sure. in that situation so like i i i'm i'm not in unsympathetic to your argument either uh, i i generally again i i will give people the benefit of the doubt in incomplete information but there comes a point in time and, I, and i've said this like even when i did that like after kathy hochel came back and was like yeah we're opening schools everything's open again yeah it's great we're still going to continue the emergency but you know <laughs> yeah we're going to keep the power and, and they they there was I was sympathetic to Salka's argument that look, I did vote for this stuff because I kind of gave him a hard time. Um, but but we were supposed to renegotiate it once a month and we never renegotiated it. And I'm like, okay, well, your symbolic vote of no would have made me happier than this. You know what I mean? Like I knew yeah, right. you, it's like don't grant these jokers any any quarter, don't grant them any extra power. Even in a state of an emergency, even in a health crisis, you have an obligation. Like that's the time where you're supposed to prove your mettle, right? Like you're yeah. not going to be afraid to argue for your political points and your political views and your constituents' rights and beliefs, even in the face of a pandemic. Like you you can't convince me otherwise. You and plus we could have found a way to do it. Like zoom, yeah. zoom it up, fellas. Let's yeah, go. They're there, yeah. No, it's like wild to me, like both like the uh New York State Legislature and Congress is like, well, how do we meet if we, you can't be in person? Like, guys, we everyone else is doing it. It's just like, you who hasn't figured it out. Yeah, Massey was Thomas Massey was great. He forced a, a in person meeting, and everybody was really mad at him. And like, somebody called him a, a third rate congressman from Kentucky, and he's like talking to a reporter, and he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm at least second rate, aren't you? And it was just he was. He, he has a good sense of humor. He's very entertaining. I like that guy. Yeah. Um, we get this one too. It's a, it's up a little ways, but uh, yeah. still people in blue state in New York, they're wearing masks. Uh, I think as far as closing schools and shutting down everything in the first month, nobody really knew what it was. But beyond that, I think everything should have been open by the time we got into April 2020, where I knew who was being affected by the virus. And most of the people were older people and seniors uh, that some politicians didn't affect at all. I, I, I kind of mostly agree with you there. One is yeah. funny. Like I was, I was at a coffee shop today and there's like someone what what killed me is like they they wore a mask inside the coffee shop and it was a cloth mask and I'm like okay Alyssa Milano and her yeah. hand knitted and mask like, with yarn a yarn big pile of yarn across her face yeah, it's like okay Again, I, I, I could give you like in the beginning like there there's like people thought like hey maybe this does help with like some of the spread but we started to figure out like eh, it doesn't help all that much you know like the, the the help is minimal and if you want to protect yourself and you want to protect others like you got to get like an actual good mask right yeah it does help but you have to wear a good mask and you have to wear it consistently Right. Yeah, That's absolutely. not what this person was doing. I'm like, ah, come on, man. Um, but but just to, to your thing, like I, I'd, I'd probably give it a little bit later in April. But like generally, you, you know, your point is made. Joseph, I uh, gave it to, to to the end of May, June. I would I, I was very forgiving of the of 
the notion that we should do societally do something. Okay. But after that, I'm, I was, I'm like, why is not Osceola County opening up? Why are we doing these things? Why are we, what, what is going on here? Like, why are we destroying people's livelihoods? It was just, and we opened early compared to other places, you know, and, and there was a lot of people like me that kind of just did what they did and the cops left us alone. And that's that, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just disappointing that, that we let the authoritarians win. <laughs> yeah. And to that end, you know, Patty saying, you know, uh, don't get me started on this. COVID was their trial run for their plan next time. I want her to be wrong, but yeah. I don't think I'm not sure that she is right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, so I got. I got mixed feelings about it. like a pandemic is legitimately an extraordinary situation, right? Like we haven't had like a pandemic of this scale in a long time. Um, it's just a matter. Of, like I think there's a ratchet effect, right? Mm -hmm. I don't. Again, I, I generally assume that like the political class is actually incompetent in most of these things. I don't think it was like coordinated in the same <laughs> in like a major way. I do think like. There's a bunch of people like, yeah, but like, well, we got to do this thing right now to like, you know, keep some power just because we got to fix everything. It was just yeah. haphazardly stumbling their way into authoritarianism that they'll never really ratchet back down. Well, I, I see. I see it. Like we see the, the authoritarian arguments. Uh, uh, good news, though. Uh, I, I think it was Ottawa or, or one of the provinces in Canada said we will no longer take advice from the World Economic Forum. Like, I'm not saying like. Yeah. That in and of itself is a good thing, but they took this stand to make their constituents less nervous about this this new world order thing, I, which I kind of liked. I'm just like those guys are jokers. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to list them again. Some of the stuff like it's I, it, that come out of it. it. Yeah, it ranges from like to me like benign to like terrifying. Like they're they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I, we we did the whole show on this. Like it's it's the the negative growth people that scare me. Like no, nope, that's bad. That that's gonna kill a lot of folks. Like don't don't do that. Yeah, I, I am I am uh, guys. My vote is against authoritarianism, as you know. Um, Lee and Kathy are are way way more similar to each other than they are to you. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm committed to doing it. So I, I don't think AOC and Elon Musk, I, I, I think they got something going, Kevin. I'm pretty sure. And Elon Musk. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about the, the Elon Musk stuff. Twitter war, man. It's no. going on. It's going down. It's going yeah. down right now. We got to get well, away from this serious stuff. Yeah, I know. All right. So, yeah, no, we're, we're we're getting towards the end of the night, right? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, all right. So we'll talk about <laughs> I caught you off guard with that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh. Okay. So. I, I didn't see the tweet where like it, I'm kind of half remembering. AOC was dunking on the like maybe do the the eight dollar verification thing. She's very upset about that eight dollars. Yeah, and very, very uh, you know Elon Musk was like, uh, "Thanks for the feedback. Now pay me eight dollars." And I was like, "Ooh, owned." And I'm like, "All right, calm down." I just guys. calm down. That's <laughs> it's it's a little bit like Russian uh, trolling, you know? It's like. It, it's kind of like fake in a way. He's just, he just knows yeah. this is going to be good for business. She kind of knows this is going to be, this is going to appeal to her fan base and the way no, that she plays things. Um, they're both they, putting on a show. Like it's, they, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of kayfabe. Uh, you know, she like, hops into her Tesla and it's like, Elon's yeah. already made all the money off of her. Like, you know, he should be like, if you buy a Tesla, you can have the $8 for free, like for yeah. like three years. You like, and then, She'd be like, "Oh, I'm covered." <laughs> yeah, but uh, legit, that's a dumb idea, though. Like the the eight dollar verification thing. Seems like, like it. You got verified for free, right? I did get verified for free, but, but because I was a federal candidate, right? Like that's that's why I got verified. It's it's the whole purpose of the verification system, right? Like the the underlying purpose of this is supposed to be like we look at accounts that might be impersonated. And then, like, we give them verification to say, like, nope, this is, like, the real person who is, like, running that account, right? So, like, mm -hmm. mine had, you know, I had the blue check, which I still have for whatever reason. And then underneath it said, like, you know, candidate for federal office or candidate right. for, like, U.S. House. Um, you know, so, like, I submitted my stuff. They, they checked it against, like, you know, campaign paperwork. And, uh, like, that's what it was. And for that reason, like, it's good, right? You, you want, like, candidates for federal office or other, like, prominent people 
to be able to say, yes, this is really me. And that's the real person saying this, not like a parody account who's impersonating a famous person. Um, and people think it's real, right? Which, which still happens sometimes, but it, it's supposed to be a, a quick way to be like, oh, wait, that person doesn't have the blue check. Like, they're, that's not the real Donald Trump. Right. Hey, wait, that guy has a mustache in his picture, too. Like, that's, you've seen that coming. Those are my favorites, though. Those guys, troll, yeah. troll Twitter accounts, like, what the heck, Dr. Claire Richards or something like that. I was friends with that, that, um, it's a total troll account, right? And I was friends with yeah. them when they had like 20 followers, right? And now they have like 20,000 followers and they get retweeted occasionally by a politician saying, oh my God, I can't believe this authoritarian psychopath. And it was totally been a fake account the whole time. And it's just, well, it it was epic. All right. Well, there, there was the, the one account and I think the guy running it ended up dying, but it's like the, the North Korean account. I didn't uh, know about this one. Oh yeah, so there's. I'll see if I can find it. And like the again, I think the guy who was running it died, but it was like the you know uh, Democratic Republic of North Korea like official account, right? Okay. Didn't have the blue check, but they would like just post as if they were like the official PR arm of like North Korea, but they'd be making fun of them the whole time, right? You know, and they'd just be like, "Yep, uh, you know, our supreme leader like you know golfed eighteen holes and got like uh, uh, you know forty under par." Congratulations, Supreme Lady. It would just be stupid stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's good stuff. Or they'd be dunking on the U.S. for, you know, whatever dumb thing Trump or Biden was doing. And they'd be like, uh, unlike Joe Biden, who falls off bike, Supreme Leader can bike 3,000 miles a day. You know, just. Yeah. But it, but again, that, that stuff's great. But going back to, like, the verification system, like, if everyone gets, like, the $8, like, thing, the, the check's. They don't actually mean anything anymore. Just correct, you know, which is fine. But it, the the blue checks, like I again, I have a blue check. I don't have that many followers. You definitely have more followers than me, Tim. I got a lot uh, of followers. Yeah, you, you you get way more engagement than me. Like it doesn't give me any actual power. It just says like, yeah, that Kevin Wilson who ran for Congress once. That's really him. That's like, really that, him. that's all it does. <laughs> mm. Um, and in this this eight dollar thing, like it comes with like some extra stuff, like. Twitter already has that. Like you can pay for it right now. Like it's not like a new feature. It's actually been around for a few months. You can get like Twitter blue and you can get like the, the extra features like the edit button and it'd be nice to have an edit button. And people, you can pay for it. Like you, you there's no waiting. You do it now. People people suggested that AOC should pay for the edit button because in her tweet battle with Elon, she's like, You should pay for the blue check and get the edit button because you are messing up your tweets. It was as you can tell, I'm a bit. Uh, I have some disdain for AOC. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely coming down on Elon's side because maybe because he's an older dude and she's like, I don't know. You know, so I, you're saying you're sexist. Is, is I am saying, yeah. sexist, or can I can I dislike AOC because of how she runs her mouth? I mean, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot to criticize there. Okay, that's fair, right? Like she does some things, so she's kind of taking on this eight dollar Twitter thing that, and and Elon's fire fighting with her, which is also the same exact thing. They're they're two sides of the same coin there, right? Like they're both increasing their own value by poning the other one. It's yeah. Very- I mean, that's, again, that's all it is. It's just like they're, they're virtue signaling for entertainment purposes. And that's really it. That's like the, the beginning and end of the whole thing. Absolutely. Right? Um, Dr. And, uh, Dr. Claire Foster. That's the, that's the uh, doctor I was talking about. Um, it's yeah. just hilarious. And sometimes like she, she was a radical COVID, you know, get your vaccine, get to kind of person. And like, she was joking most of the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and occasionally she got through with one where like, I think Ted Cruz retweeted her and it was just, just hilarious. It was so Yeah. Crazy. No, there's a bunch of those accounts. Like every time I see like, Oh, look at this ridiculous leftist on Twitter. I'm like, like 90% sure that's fake. As that's not real. Y'all got fooled by it. You know, I'll check it. Like something occasionally it is, but like there's a there's a lot of it. Like, look at this ridiculous leftist. Like, not eat some right winger made that up. And the other side will do the same thing too. It's ridiculous. Um, and uh, you know, we'll get the Joseph comment here. He says like you you can get rid of bot accounts by charging money to verify, but a free way to do it would just be to set up two factor authentication. Yeah, I mean 
Elon's trying to make money. That's yeah. He, he, yeah, but he again, I don't even know that the verification actually like fix it. Like there's there's ways to automate that too. Like you, you unless like the verification comes with actual like far more documentation of like who you actually are too. I, I guess you could do that, but you know. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't it just be an eight. I'm I'm just a freedom variant eight with a blue check mark now with for eight bucks a month. Yeah. I don't know. Was it again at that point what does it mean? If everyone could get a blue check mark, then it doesn't mean anything. It means I pay eight bucks a month. Yeah, it means <laughs> it, like that that's gonna mark you as a chump. Like I, hey. in my opinion, like yeah. I wasn't I never got verified, so I wasn't quite sure like I I I was never bought into the blue check mark thing. Yeah. And I'll be honest, Kevin. You're in an elitist group of numbskulls sometimes. When I see some of the things that blue check mark people say, I'm just like, oh yeah, no, but wow. like again, having a blue check mark has a, a blue check mark. I mean, Nancy Nancy Pelosi has a blue check mark. That's who you're hanging with, bro. It, it, it doesn't make you, you smarter, better, or even like provide you with more reach or anything. Like literally, the the only like sort of cool advantage <laughs> it gets is you get like a special section uh, for other verified people when they reply to you. Oh, that's cool. That's, yeah. that's like great. that, that's like the only thing. So like when people it's who are verified reply to me, it goes in like a separate section than like, that, you know, all the riffraff like you that's for eight bucks a month. I can be an elite and hang out in a special, special room. It's just going to mark you like a bunch of people are going to be in your DMs trying to sell you snake oil. Like I already guy. got people in my DM selling <laughs> me weed and guns and knives and stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just like, whatever. Ammunition, those shit me ammunition. Well, I just man, you, you get all that stuff, man. All I get is porn bots. What, what the hell? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> I I get hot chicks offering me pictures. I don't know that they're porn bots. I haven't proven that. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't know that they're bots, but like, it does seem suspicious. <laughs> I could make assumptions. I guess I don't know. I I I go with it's it's my stunning personality. But okay. All right, so look, we got to cover this one. I hope you don't mind me, uh, but yeah. So look, we—I want to tell the whole story. I probably mentioned it earlier, but Patty is is doing some work up in in Plattsburgh, right? And she, she's like inspired. She's she's a former Bernie bro, right? And she's she's found us, and she says she feels like she's not as crazy anymore. Like people that see the government as a problem that we could use the government to craft solutions. So Larry, what goes up to Plattsburgh? They get a little, thanks to Patty and some of her friends and her proactive stuff, they get a little media coverage. While they're getting the media coverage, the guy with the beard in the background says, hey, you know what? I'm going to run for, for city the city ward that I'm in. Um, and that has gotten media coverage. Larry is heading back up there on Saturday at 1 o'clock at the Valcor Brewing Company. Because that's, that's guys, that's who Larry is. You guys want to talk about Zeldin, Schmeldin, and Hokel Yokel. Like, Larry comes to us. And helps us and talks about ideas and solutions. And that's what he's going to do this weekend in Plattsburgh to help out our friend, Zach Remy. And Zach is a dedicated member of the, the Libertarian Party. He's a like a, a Cub Scout leader. He's a hardworking guy. He's got a couple kids. He's invested his life in Plattsburgh. He's a good dude. Um, and he would be proactive on the Plattsburgh council like it, he would absolutely be great at it and he would help get some of patty's ideas solutionary ideas because even though she's a bernie bro she's a solutionary and solutionaries can fix this mess that we have so i'm very excited about this and i'm very excited that larry is taking this trip it's like 47 hours from queens up to plattsburgh it's like forever yeah maybe Five hours, five and a half hours. I don't know. Dad imagines a trek. <laughs> it's a long time. So but yeah, that's that's cool. Not to, to check out that campaign. And it's over like a last minute writing campaign. But like he even got the guy who's holding the seat now, but decided to to retire. That guy, Zach went and said, Look, you want to give me an endorsement? The guy said, ah, I'll hand out stuff for you. He's like, Will you endorse me? The guy said yes. So like it's something like 300 votes, give or take, can win this election. The guy that endorsed that got 294 of 297 votes the, the last time. Yeah, it's uphill the whole way, Mr. Becker, all the way, Dr. Becker, all the way up to Plattsburgh from, from Queens. It is. It's that quite yeah. an elevation change. That's true. So it's it's a big thing. And look, 
the opportunity to vote for Larry this this election cycle ensures if we get him enough votes that he's he's going to continue with these kind of efforts. He kind of, they're kind of Herculean efforts. Um, you you look at Zeldin and Hochul, and all they do is craft platitudes to and and literally write legislation that fills their campaign coffers, guys. There's like Kathy Hochul filled her campaign coffers off of weed legislation, like this this last cycle, like. Millions of dollars went to her for a for guys and and a local guy, Kevin. I I don't know if I told you this. I have a local guy, a local farmer, grows his summer crop after getting robbed in February for his nursery plants. Right, like somebody came in and stole his nursery plants, had to start over, replants them, plants his crop. Some guy's got the paperwork for him. He's doing his job. He's growing weed. You know, yeah. the New York State Police come and take his freaking weed in wow. September. Just take it because he's not licensed correctly. There's been reports that he was selling weed at the bottom of his driveway. He's like, I'm like, did you? He's like, I don't think I should answer that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a good guy. He tried to follow the laws. He's been growing weed for years. He's gotten all sorts of licensing over the years to do this, participate in this craft. And now they yeah. change the licensing, re licensing requirements. And then your state police with a no-knock warrant come and take his his weed and this guy has got ptsd served in the military so this is his own medicine on some level yeah um, he makes tinctures and stuff like that for people um and they took his crop man it's bullshit no that's that's ridiculous that you know that's just kind of the the petty stuff that we we've grown to accept not us but like the public has generally accepted over the year like oh well like well he's growing drugs and he wasn't allowed to he wasn't like no it it, it ain't right it never was right but Especially right now, as as people are starting to do this, like with the sanction of government, you just didn't fill out the paperwork right or pay the right bribes, you know, like, come yeah. on. I had a couple of good guys uh, show up at Larry's event that I had here last weekend. Um, they're, they're, they're technically the underdogs. A couple of Democrat guys showed up, told them, um, and, and George was there to tell a story himself. Um, but you could tell that they wanted to say, well, you weren't properly licensed. So they stole your weed. Like they wanted yeah. to say that, but they knew it wasn't the best crowd to say that in like, yeah. and they're nice guys and they participated. They offered us good solutions. Um, they do have good ideas. They're very disappointed when we explain to them what happened to us. They, and they understand it. They're yeah. very disappointed about this ballot access thing that happened to the libertarian party. And they're, they're just like independent candidates should be able to get to at, the same number of votes as a d Democrat or, or same number of signatures as a Democrat and a Republican to get on the ballot. We're at three times that now. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, they would lower it down to at least that. So th they were good guys and they listen. They want votes. They have good. idea. honestly, Dan Butterman, I think he's my district. I might vote for him just to, just to prove a point he, there you go. that he shows up. And I like guys that show up. And that's, that's again, it is legit half the battle. Yeah, I get the folks who say that. Patty says, Kevin's calm and Tim's sarcasm won me over. <laughs> <laughs> right on, it. Patty. I love it. It's great. And Patty, thank you for all the effort you're putting in. You're an inspiration to me. Um, it's because of people like Patty that we do this, Kevin, really. Like, you know what I mean? She's proactive. She's she's not your standard disappointed conservative or or young republican that kind of grew up and said oh wow republicans are crazy and like we know they're there we need more of them they can help us shape our message they can have impact on our future like that's the thing mm -hmm. so, and that's important <laughs> i guess yeah I, understand. I right. mean, it is important. I don't mean I guess. I shouldn't say that. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just I guess undercutting yourself there, I guess. It's like it's important. It's important to me. People like Patty and her brother and, like they, and, and Zach, all of them, they're doing a great job up there in Plattsburgh. Yeah, I understand. But uh, all right, I, I think we're going to call it a night, though. Yeah. The, it's a, been a good hour. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. <laughs> I declare it. Declared, yeah, yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right no, good, good discussion. So, like, I, I, I was, uh, I was a little bit like, All right, is it gonna get heated? No, it, it's no, no, I mean, the whole time, you know. We're so close. Like, it's, it's. I get it. I sometimes feel as though maybe you're, res you're responding to a perception that I, I'm perceiving it slightly different. Like, I think that people were responding more to the Atlantic. Now, perhaps they were really angry at that particular article because of 
certain things in it, but it was the overall Atlantic's. Yeah. And the Atlantic actually wasn't even that bad about like there were other like the New York Times and the L.A. Times that were way worse with their headlines. So the Atlantic mm-hmm. always as progressive as it is. Presents persuasive arguments sometimes. Yeah, every once in a while. So I try to keep an open mind and uh, can not always assume good, but don't necessarily assume bad either. And uh, you'll get there. <laughs> so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a, a recommendation to you. There, there's a podcast. Uh, well, I, I recommend this guy all the time, Andrew Heaton. He did uh, his yes, recent uh, uh, podcast on the political orphanage was how he got canceled at Oxford. But like his political philosophy is very similar to mine. He's a libertarian dude, but like how he approaches like other people who don't necessarily agree with him is, is how I approach things. He's, he's hilarious too though, yeah. bro. Like he is absolutely hilarious. He's great. So I definitely paid more attention to him since you've kept recommending him and everybody else out there should too. Yeah. All right. So that's how I end the night. Anything else to add before we, we close out? Not that I can think of, man. Like I'm writing in Larry Sharp. You're not going to change my mind. There we go. Yeah, good, good, good. Last thing to, to end on. Write in Larry, yeah. Larry Sharp. There Larry we go. Perfect. Write in Larry Sharp on my saddlebags. People engage conversation. Right on. All right. Good way. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's what I'm going to do Tuesday. I'm going to go in. I like voting on election day. Yeah. Go on Tuesday. I'm going to write in. All right. In Let's Sharp. do it. Change All the right. world. Absolutely. All right. Have a good night, folks. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for being a part of the show. Take care, guys.